Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Super, super excited to be back into the into the cradle world, cradle universe, mm-hmm. cradle multiverse, cradle uh, iteration. Yeah, yeah, but it's multiple iterations. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're, have... we're into it. <laughs> We've just finished Bloodline, the newest book. If you uh, if you haven't checked it out, we we released yesterday a quick little little uh, episode on what we were looking for. Pretty fun. But now that we're now that we're done with the book, I think we nailed it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we crushed it all. We got all the scenes that we wanted, and uh, of I, oh, I'm gonna save this to the end. But I'm gonna say. Uh, I got a scene that I really wanted from the episode yesterday. But before we get there, Luke, I'm going to start us off with a theory. Okay. Oh, no. <clears throat> oh, what are you talking about? Oh, no, Luke. Have I ever steered <laughs> us wrong with a theory? Never. Never. Not that I can All think right. of. Listen, Luke. Here's what's happening. This book opens... And Fury's like, hey, guys, I got to bounce because, oh, I turned into a monarch and now things are like unbalanced in this iteration. So the the powers upstairs were like, you got to ascend if you're going to be a monarch. And so I got to go. Sorry. Good luck with everything. Uh, bye. And Fury bounces out. There's a problem here, though, Luke. Mm hmm. Because at the end of the last book, at the end of Wintersteel, what does Yaren do? She does kill another monarch. Right. Yaren. We're even on monarchs. Murders a monarch. And so, you know, you add fury, you lose one monarch. It should balance out, right? You have the same number. Mm-hmm. Which means there's another monarch somewhere. Oh, that's what, oh, okay. That's what we're thinking. I was going to go somewhere where it's not the number of monarchs. It's like the type of monarch or something. But you're saying, you're saying there's, but okay. But for this to be correct, another monarch had to have been created at like at that moment. Right. 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 Between the time when Yaren killed the old dragon monarch and when fury ascended there is another monarch that was created somewhere on the cradle iteration okay now luke the question is who's our secret monarch do you have do you have a theory i've got a few ideas okay luke but first let's think of like in order for this to be successful what are the qualities that this new monarch has to have, right? I think key for this is that the new monarch is great at veiling themselves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we probably would have heard about them. Right. I Well, d- the thing is, did a lot of other people notice, like, other than the monarchs, can everyone else tell that when a new monarch is born? Born isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I because don't they, it's know. possible that the monarchs noticed and were just like didn't tell anyone. Okay, this is possible, yes, but I think typically the event where somebody becomes a monarch, like word would travel. Mm-hmm. Now, I say that, but it feels like in this world we haven't really gotten the whole scope of things. Right. I think at one point we learned there's like 10 billion people on Cradle. And so like it still feels like we're on a small part of the world. It still feels like to me, at least where we are in the books, it doesn't feel like we have encountered all that there is out there in the world. So perhaps somewhere a new monarch was born. The other monarchs knew about it, but like it was so far away. Nobody's dealing with it. Nobody's word hasn't gotten out yet to the common folk mm-hmm. by common folk i mean linden and yaren and the the uncommon folk right i think that's a possibility let's keep that in mind 
Well, well, hang on though, because the monarchs have to know. Ooh, you're right. They do have to. Because know. otherwise, okay. he wouldn't be ascending. Yes, yes, they definitely know. So, who, whose ascension would not be discussed among the monarchs that we have seen? There's a few. There's a few candidates here that I'm thinking of, Luke. Okay. First since one. You, since you've surprised me, I don't have any yet. Well, well, I'll, I'll present a few and we can discuss how viable okay. they are. First, and I think most obvious, Ethan. And when I say <laughs> most obvious, I mean like Ethan's one of our main characters. He's constantly being uh, like undervalued by everyone. Maybe he just did it real quick and didn't tell anybody. He like timed it with fury so that it was... Yeah, well, one big. <laughs> exactly. While one he was one. getting his ass beaten by the Blood Sage, right? He quickly ascended to monarch as well. Uh, I don't know about that, but maybe at some point along the way, he just did a quick ascension, or not a quick ascension. Mm-hmm. He did a quick upgrade to monarch, and we don't hear about it from everybody else because he's got this plan, and he's like, "I gotta keep it under wraps." All right. I don't think that's the one. I'm going to say that. I don't think that's it. But I'm saying it's that's like in character for Ethan. Right. You got to keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Always keep an eye on him. At least one. Right. Then, Luke, we've got some interesting possibilities to start throwing out. One of them, which I want to come back to at the end of, of our discussion today, Elder Whisper. I knew you were going to say Elder Whisper. <laughs> Elder Whisper survives this Dread God attack and is like hiding right outside the labyrinth and is like, hey, kid, you want to kill a Dread God? That's Come here. true. I got Elder Whisper's got something going on. Elder Whisper's definitely got something going on. I think maybe ascended to Monarch in okay. the meantime. Plus the suppression field of the Sacred Valley. Maybe it it makes him seem like his powers, like it reduces him down to a point where Mm -hmm. that's what a monarch is in the suppression field. Okay, sure. Could be Elder Whisper. Could be Elder Elder Whisper, also Osriel. (laughs) (laughs) The third option, and one that I think is incredibly intriguing, is what if some animal out there somewhere just ascended to monarch okay so the thing the thing is you have to be well traditionally i guess you have to be like a herald or a sage or you have to obviously be like really important first yeah you have to be powerful so it can't just be like some random like bunny uh luke turns into a monarch right (laughs) luke over time these creatures on the iteration are gathering aura like the trees in Sacred Valley gather aura slowly over time and develop this fruit. The foxes that are in the Sacred Valley over time like cycle aura into themselves and like become more powerful over time. Like the world is big. Maybe one of those fish Linden was fighting got a hold of enough aura over time and nobody was really paying attention. Like, because North Strider is constantly going out and searching for high-level, well, like, beasts. Like, dragons, mostly, to take their power. That means that there's a lot of them out there that are pretty high-level. Mm-hmm. What if one of them just just made it all the way up? Right. Well, what? yeah, the thing that I'm thinking of now is... They've got to have like a, you know, a super deep ocean, right? Mm-hmm. A little Mariana just, Trench kind of action. Right. One of those. They've got to have one, one, one little sea monster down there that's been just feasting on the other ones for uh-huh. a while. I, he doesn't necessarily have to be feasting on the other ones, but... Maybe it's vegetarian. <laughs> but it's been... Uh, has been working on it for a while and able to escape detection until Monarch. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Well, and the only reason we don't hear about it is the other monarchs are like, yeah, they don't speak English. We can't talk to them. They just are a fish person. They're just a big sea creature. So Fury's got to leave. <laughs> Sorry, Fury. Alternatively, this is an excuse for Fury to leave. Ooh. You're saying... He's like, I, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> the only thing I was here for was that I could kill Zorus or whatever. Uh-huh. Ooh. Checked my last box. Now let's go check out check out the the space guys. This is actually very in line with his character as well because he's constantly trying to start shit. Right? Mm-hmm. He is constantly looking for a fight because he he just loves combat so much. And at monarch level, what are you going to go fight the tree? That tree's not going to fight you. Emrys isn't going to fight you, Fury. You can't... The monarchs don't really fight, okay? Right. So, yeah, maybe he's just ascending to get some good fights in. Yeah. And he needed an excuse. So, hold on then. Did Fury raise somebody else up to a monarch? I think it's a... Well, okay, the weird thing to this is that nobody calls him on it. Ooh. They're like, well, why is there like a limit? But no one is like, but the same number is still here. This I don't is think true. they're. I don't think they're teaching counting in <laughs> our cradle schools. Well, we know this is true from our very first episode we did on the original unsold book about the dimensions of the fighting ring <laughs> that Lyndon fights in. Uh, and so they've got some kind of crazy math going on in this universe. Right. One plus one does not equal two in Cradle. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of possibilities here. One last one last point I'll make before we before we leave this. Maybe okay. Fury went beyond Monarch. Ooh. Maybe Fury, like maybe there's different levels. Uh, there's different levels of literally every advancement level that we've seen so far. Maybe mm-hmm. Fury is like a mid to upper tier monarch. And the Abaddon was like, that guy that got killed, he was like low tier trash monarch. So it's really unbalanced now with Fury being as high as he is. So Right. It's either you or the right. tree, Fury, that's got to go. Everybody likes the tree. Everybody loves the tree. I think that I think that all of those options are viable, um, except for I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you Elder Whisper. Elder Whisper, <laughs> come on! All right, fine. I want to, I want to talk about the Dread Gods for a mm. second. All of them, or and just I, one? I assume we're going to talk about them a lot, but. The, the first thing that I just want to say is that, and this also extends to some of the like Abadan and Vrochir or whatever they're called, uh-huh. the level of power displayed by them, a little bit much. <laughs> it's a yeah. little, it's a little bit much. It's like, guys, can you s- <laughs> be realistic with the world here? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is incredibly frustrating, Luke. Can you imagine? He like the t- the big the Titan like looks at them, and it like destroys everything in its path. Like, come on, buddy, how inconvenient is this for you? This is on th- that sucks. Oh, you're saying it sucks Figure for the Titan? Out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean everyone else, of course, but also like that's so that's tough. You know what I mean? like the midas touch thing right right it's literally impossible to sneak a booty check in if you're the wandering titan exactly yeah that would be pretty ridiculous it's also crazy to me how much so clearly the abadan are leaving the wandering titans on cradle for some reason but couldn't they have just dialed them back a little bit though like it's it feels like too much for these people it feels like it's way too much and 
you're not you're no longer raising people up because they're there like it's not like you know you're weeding out the weak and building up the strong because you have a wandering titan going around like they're killing everybody below a certain advancement level like linden would have been massacred by this thing even like with his great potential and all the cool stuff he was gonna do he just would have been destroyed because there was no chance there was no it's like a natural disaster with legs like you can't fight it there's like very few people who can fight it turn it down a little just a little (laughs) bit maybe i know i know these abadan have the little like fifa sliders like (laughs) take its strength down a little bit come on it's cheat codes too much it's cheat codes it's ridiculous i also think how annoying would it be to be a bystander when suriel is fighting anyone it's like all right here we go big attack and i'm dead Oh, wait, nope, I'm back to life. Okay, <laughs> hold on, things are happening. It seems okay, and I'm dead again. And the world has been divided in two, and oh, wait, hold on, I'm back. I'm alive. Whoa, look at that fight, and I'm dead again. I do I do hope that you retain your memories. Um, it's, yeah. It's gotta be so you annoying. Gotta think that th- it's, it's gotta be, like, disillusioning. I don't know if that's a word. But it's like, well, nothing means anything anymore. So I can die and just come back and like, what does anything even matter? (laughs) There's got to be everyone that comes into contact with Surreal is going through some like existential uh, like thought crises immediately afterwards. Also, imagine all the people who are like, it was just blackness. There was nothing afterwards. It was just blackness and darkness and there's nothing. And that's, I have nothing to look forward to. It's all, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, that's, that's tough. But they're alive. Yeah, but I would just be like, make up your mind, Surreal. Like, I don't care one way or the other at this point. Just choose. Yeah. Stop bringing me back. (laughs) The fighting at the Abaddon level, very weird. Pretty fascinating. Like, kind of fun to read. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, their little like attacks are like, and then I erased him from existence and he blocked me. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Well, it's like at a certain point, I think we've reached a level where like, how do you, how do you, how do you punch harder? Like, will, imagine being Will and being like, okay, uh, on Cradle, we've got these gigantic beasts that if they even look at you, you like are oppressed by this huge force and like, it's crazy. And then it's like, okay, but now you've got to do 10 times that. What does that look like? If I get punched by someone 10 times as powerful as a wandering titan, what happens to me? Yeah, I wonder how how difficult this is for Will and if he like <laughs> kind of regrets making everything so powerful or not because because it's it's going to be t- tough. I wonder if there's if there even is like a point of diminishing returns. Mm. You know what I mean? Like because I would think that we would have seen that on Cradle a while ago. But it just keeps going up where like the Mad King just like if he steps into an iteration like everyone dies or something. Also, also really inconvenient. Yeah, extremely inconvenient. For, probably part of why he's mad. It's frustrating. Oh, you think it's mad like he's angry? That makes sense. No, 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 I mean like crazy. Oh, okay, that, sure, sure. I think he could just be frustrated, like... Well, yeah, that too. Like, that guy looked cool, now he's dead because I talked to him. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a tough spot. I think, I agree with you, though, it does seem very... It does still seem very powerful that you can, like, cut somebody out of existence itself. I can't imagine there's anybody higher up, though, right? Like, the fights at that point would just be like, I incepted the reader's imagination, so I was all-powerful. There can't be anybody higher than the Abaddon. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) 
I do like the idea. I do like the idea of us breaking the fourth wall when you get to a certain power level. Right. Like, <laughs> what is it even? It's it's gotta be it's gotta be ridiculous at that point. It's gotta just go totally crazy at that point. But maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll seem to hold up so far to increasing yeah. to this exponential curve he's put himself on of increasing power levels. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. On the other end of this scale, about exponential power levels. How how did Lyndon not see this disappointment coming of the Sacred Valley? And by this disappointment, I mean he shows up to the les- the lesser treasure hall and he's like, "Oh dang, this stuff is all garbage." Like, right. This stuff sucks. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like he if he had thought about it he would have like logically recognized it but i don't know i can kind of see why he wouldn't have really he would have still been kind of surprised i i don't know though because like he's seen so much at this point like he he literally is friends with a champion of the entire world in the sacred arts and they gave him like all of this cool stuff There's no way he's getting this and, like, thinking back to his time in the Sacred Valley, like, oh, yeah, that stuff, that stuff I got from there was also cool. Remember that, remember that thousand mile cloud that I had while he's sitting in his cloud fortress? (laughs) The, the tough look for everyone in Sacred Valley is the fact that a lot of the, like, craftsmanship still sucks. That is because like that kind of thing isn't necessarily related to the suppression field. This is so true. You still did a shitty job, like scratching the runes into this sword. Don't work on your handwriting. You don't. You're not advancing. Right. You'd think they'd have so much extra time on their hands to dedicate to like, actually, like like the aesthetic to making stuff look cool, even if it's not as functional as it would be outside the suppression field yeah your handwriting should be impeccable right especially because in like the better you do the runes the better the thing actually is and so like that seems to be how you compensate for the suppression field is your rune craft should be top notch right and it's not guys the the sacred valley not coming out good in this in this book no ooh i will say actually this kind of throws ooh this kind of throws a wrinkle though the stuff from the treasure halls i doesn't it come from the labyrinth i think maybe the higher level ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i and i also think that the good stuff probably was already like used for something or actually i feel like the good stuff was was uh taken out by people before the like sacred valley residents that's true that's definitely true also i don't know if they can get in because you have to use your authority i think to get in from what we've seen so yeah i'm not sure there's there is options there are possibilities for where this stuff is coming from though i don't think it's necessarily being made in the sacred valley like it might have just been the trash that they found in the labyrinth Mm -hmm. so so maybe they're maybe they're not doing as bad of a job as we're giving them credit for right right okay now that are we ready to talk about just the whole sacred valley yeah for sure (laughs) okay um first good things yeah let's start with Uh, the highs blue little blue and orthos together adorable mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. it very good the moment when orthos feels linden's presence in the sacred valley i was like chuckling out loud i was like this yeah. is the greatest thing of all time so good so great i have this is this is actually kind of unrelated to 
to specifically the Sacred Valley, but since we're doing good things, Lyndon and Yaren, just an A-plus relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah? You think they're a power just, couple? Well, they're just like, I mean, it's still early, but <laughs> they're doing great together. They seem to be doing very well. They seem to be on the same page, good communication. They're crushing it. Yeah, that's that's all I've got for the good stuff about the Sacred Valley, though. <laughs> right. The other stuff is not so great. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on our first, like, Linden cool moment? Ooh. This one, this being the one where he comes in and saves Orthos and everyone. Um, I had high hopes for that mm-hmm. because it was like, everybody's going to see how powerful he is and just be like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, man. Also cool powers. Very neat. Right. Uh, and then not that at all. So disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. We kind of mentioned this in our in our little pre-episode. I feel like a lot of people were expecting Lyndon to come in and just like crush everyone. And I was too, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's like a bad thing that that didn't happen. I think that for one, for for one, we did need Lyndon to get a little bit more compassionate because the last book, we were a little bit worried that that Lyndon was going down a bad path. Um, right, sucking out people's he, souls. He, yeah, sucking out people's souls. In this book, he corrects, uh, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still was, it was frustrating to not get as much of Lyndon like dominating. I agree, but I feel like that was part of the, the challenge for Lyndon here was like, this Mm. was a problem he couldn't solve by just punching it. Like every other problem he's been able to figure out a way to solve it by like punching it or coming up with a cool fighting tactic or something. And this is a problem that he had to just convince people who were, like, skeptical of literally everything to do what he asked them to do. And didn't go very well. Because I'll say I forgot how stupid everyone in the Sacred Valley was. Because they're all very dumb. Except (laughs) there is, like, one exception of the people that we saw. And that is the, like, Kazan clan? Right. Like... Only they were like, oh, yeah, Zeal, you sound like you know what you're talking about. You're obviously very powerful. Let's get out of here. I'm with you, bud. Everybody else, yes. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, Zeal had it a little bit easier. Uh, I think his tactic was also better. Mm-hmm. But yes. that's, that's just kind of in hindsight. I, I, um, but it's crazy that, like, Linden's past didn't give him an advantage here like linden is not a stranger to these people he goes and tries to convince his clan to leave and they're like i don't know doesn't uh, doesn't seem real okay so are, are you saying that linden didn't do the proper due diligence of like a strategy here no i'm saying they're all stupid as shit okay I mean, it is. We are coming in with Lyndon's perspective, right? What? (laughs) All right, Luke. All right, Luke. Tell me in what universe. Give me the perspective of these elders who see Lyndon, witness his power, and are like, yeah, but I think he's trying to betray us. It is. It's deeply frustrating. (laughs) And I want to be clear here because I think that it's frustrating in a good way for the book way Mm -hmm. but like really frustrating because the elders are like thinking that they're the noble ones by like not giving in to a superior force when it's like god you guys are so stupid it's so hypocritical too because their whole deal is based on like whoever's the most powerful they're going to let lead. And that's like their only metric for who gets to give the political, who has the political power. 
in this government. And Lyndon shows up, literally a part of their clan, shows up and is like, hey, I am now 10 times as powerful as any of you. You could all fight me at once and I would demolish you. So by the authority that you guys have decided is going to rule your life, I am in charge now. And still they're like, mm, I don't think so. Mm, mm, no, uh-uh. It's whack. It's whack shit. It, it is. It is whack. I do think that part of this is on Lyndon. Ooh. What are we putting on Lyndon? I'm curious. I, I think he didn't take the time to think about quite deeply enough how people would react. Mm-hmm. And so his strategy was like not as just not as well thought out as it could have been, I think. Okay, then I think I what's the strategy then? Because like my first thought is he could have gone complete sociopath and just used the empty command on somebody's head and been like, do what I say or I'll do that to you. I think that you go for like a a reward based strategy. Ooh. Oh, that's so smart. In that whatever you're proposing will benefit the clan. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you hold up. Right, because in the the first book, this is not the way clan, but I forget which one it is. The, the, like, the outsider guy that's super powerful that kills everyone. It's the Lee clan. Comes in. Yeah. Comes in and basically, like, I don't know if he really does, but he kind of promises to like make the Lee clan super good and they're all about it. This would have been so smart. You're so right. Lyndon should have like had a little huddle with everybody and been like, okay, here's what is going to work for literally all of these groups. Go and tell them you're a reincarnation of their first patriarch and be like, if you listen to me, I'll help you destroy the other clans and conquer Sacred Valley. And like, they're all telling all of the clans that, right? The right. problem the, the problem with this, Luke, is then when they all meet up, when they're leaving to the West, when they're going out off the mountain and they're all in this big mass of people and they're like, wait, wait, <laughs> hold on. What's that's, going on? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> i think you could get around but hopefully that, by that time hopefully by that yeah i feel like you 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 come up with something along these lines we need a grift right? there was no grift they didn't try a grift they just tried to do this thing and it's like you can't with these people <laughs> you can't you just can't you really can't um, i i gotta say i was honestly surprised that even ethan was unable to manipulate them to do what he wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. Like, Ethan is not super well loved by a lot of people, but he's effective, typically. Like, he's able to accomplish what he sets out to accomplish because he's just, like, good at planning. He has good, like, long-term planning abilities. And even then, Ethan, like, didn't really succeed in what he came there to do right i mean part of this has got to be just the fact of the sacred valley like suppression field and everything mm-hmm. so i don't want to i don't yeah. want to take away too much from like the actions that they did once they got there i just yeah i mean uh, i i think that i am probably being unfair because the everything happens so quickly right this is true yeah yeah I think just the whole thing was so frustrating that I I wish something had gone better. <laughs> Agreed. It is good that Zeal. It is good that Zeal crushed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you here. I think we were all wishing, Lyndon included, wishing that things had gone a little bit better than they did. So I, I will also say, though, Things, in the grand scheme of things, it seems to have turned out pretty good, though. Like, because let's think of what happened. Two 
dread gods awoke at the same time. And the most damage that they did was wiping out like a good number of people from this sacred valley. And the bad ones probably too. Yeah, and the <laughs> and the bad ones for sure. Uh like the the Phoenix, when the Phoenix rose last time, it was chaos everywhere. Like things were bad all over the place when the Phoenix rose last time. That was one. That was one of them. Now there's two, and you know what? Turned out pretty good in the grand scheme. Of okay, I will say so far. It has turned out pretty good. Oh, no. I feel like they've gone... Because we... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Okay. All right. Because, like, part of the bad thing about the Dread Gods is, at least for our side, is that when you deal with them, you sacrifice a lot of stuff while mm-hmm. your attention is on them. Mm-hmm. And we we have not seen... Well, I guess we have kind of seen what uh, Reagan Shin is doing. But we haven't seen really the like overall effects of it yet. The extent of what he's up to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so true. I'm not willing to say that we're out of the clear yet. Also, something that could be very tough, Dross. Oh, we didn't even talk about Dross. I feel like I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Dross. Cause like they mention a good amount at the end that it's not a death necessarily like dross is still there but he's like in a coma is how i'm picturing it right and he can come back i I feel like there's a lot of different options he can either not quite come back come back as himself and nothing's wrong Mm -hmm. or like come back as a completely different personality yes my read yes that's what i got from it too which would be pretty bad for us as readers because <laughs> dross is phenomenal right can you imagine he comes back as like a boring british butler character that's will <laughs> just like laughing at all of us i do wonder if the like writing the jokes for dross became too difficult <laughs> you're saying will was tired of dross so will had to kill him off right right could be could be could be would be would be would be tough um Mm -hmm. maybe he'll come back funnier (laughs) yeah that could be maybe he's spending some time uh doing some improv Mm -hmm. he's working on his routine Mm -hmm. while he's away he's polishing that thing something else that i think we're gonna see come back the first elder luke now the first elder had a rough time in this <laughs> section uh, seems to be kind of a shitty dude at the end here <laughs> right seems to be luke uh but we have discussed a theory previously about the first elder where he is significantly more powerful than first glance would have him appear (laughs) there's a couple indications that this actually might be true in this section luke one of them okay give them to me one of them is linden in order to demonstrate his power to the elders he like crushes them with his will he like uh releases the full weight of his spirit on them and crushes them to the floor and is like do what i say because i'm powerful But he does not do this to the first elder because he's like, "Ah, he's old. I don't want to I don't want to do this to him. So we don't know what would have happened if Lyndon had tried it. Like maybe he tries this on the first elder and the first elder is like, nah, dude, (laughs) nah, I'm good. Good try, but nah. Right. Maybe, maybe. Additionally luke he he gets the first elder to walk off carrying the patriarch of the way clan into the wandering titan and that's like kind of the last we see of them so we didn't see him die (laughs) that's very true we haven't seen him die uh everybody knows you can't assume 
if you don't see the body. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say he could still be out there. And we have no evidence that he's as weak as everybody else. Okay, true. He does get dominated by Lyndon. In a fight. Maybe that was all part of the plan, Luke. Could have, could have been part of the plan. Maybe he sees farther. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I'm not, I'm not willing to give up on the first elder yet, um, because it was really disappointing when he was, like, super not cool. Yeah, it was a very bad twist, a very bad reveal. Not bad in like book sense, but just like disappointing for all of us right right. so it would be good it would be good if we could get some redemption for sacred valley squad and also we haven't talked about it yet but linden's family Mm. also kind of not great god yeah his mom and dad his dad in particular although he has always seemed kind of shitty his Mm. dad seems very bad still and like there is just no satisfying these freaking people. Like, Lyndon starts off, he's not powerful, they don't respect him at all, they're just rude to him all the time because he has no power. He shows up, he comes back, dominates everyone, is incredibly powerful, still no respect. From anyone except his sister, which, like, great job his sister is like the only cool one in this whole fucking valley and i'm sick of it right only cool one except for the kazan kazan clan Mm -hmm. um they're great love you guys (laughs) i the tough moment was when linden is like showing how powerful he is and they're like oh cool you're they like gave you that power it's like come (laughs) this moment this is this is what was so tough about this book and again not a criticism on the book um i think it was good in a very uncradle like way but it was good um because the normal cradle thing is to like do super satisfying things like right it's really fun to read about linden because he's like crushing it and this book was like a complete flip-flop on that where we were expecting and actually like really waiting for this moment for basically the entire series so far. <laughs> right, right. And it turns it into just like a super frustrating, just like no satisfaction other than like occasionally he does he does like a cool move and dominates someone. But even then... Even then, it's not super satisfying. It's like the most hollow victory I can imagine. Because, like, yes, he has gotten to the point where he can dominate people. And yes, he does dominate, like, everybody he encounters. And, like, has a lot of great moments where he flexes on people. But he gets no recognition. Like, zero recognition from anybody. And it's like, that's the most frustrating part about it. It like takes away all the satisfaction of normal Linden because nobody gives him the recognition that he mm-hmm. clearly deserves. Oh, it's so frustrating, Luke. Right. So I I I think that this was very like good in a Oh, good writing. In a like writing sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Luke, I said we would come back to it. Okay. At the end of the book, we meet up once again with Elder Whisper. Mm -hmm. Luke, I I developed a theory. I did some work developing a theory about Elder Whisper being Osriel the Reaper. Okay. Um, Who in this entire series has demonstrated the ability to destroy a dread god okay let me first start with demonstrated is so far too strong of a term okay talked about being able to do it (laughs) okay sure very few like almost no one and the only people that have have been like monarch level 
beings on Cradle that are like, I think we could kill these things. Elder Whisper shows up after a Dread God comes around, seems to be completely fine, unveils a portal into a sage's personal space, which seems like very hard to do. Those seem pretty well locked up. And is like, hey, Lyndon, got a cool trick for you. You want to try and kill a dread god? How is he not Osriel now? <laughs> Come on! Okay, okay. I I do agree with you that it like shows that there's something about Elder Whisper. There's something know. about him. I don't know if there's it necessarily means that he's Osriel though. Uh, who else is he, Luke? I, I, he's just Elder Whisper. You know? Yeah, but come on. There's something going on with Elder, with Elder Whisper. <laughs> there's, certainly, there's certainly something going on. I think it, um, I'm still on the Osreal train. I laid out the theory previously. I think it's rock solid at this point. Okay. Dan's still confident. We do get a little thing of Osreal. Very small, yeah. I did you was this when he's hiding from the Abadan? I believe it was. So it sounds like the scene we got from the Mad King's perspective was when you know he's like developed this shroud to hide his terrifying power and seems to be really unlucky in that he teleports basically right on top of Osriel. And he's like, oh, damn it. Damn it. Of all the places I could have gone, Osriel's right there. Come on. Um, but I think this is the scene that Suriel is investigating in like one of the previous mm. books where she sees the like, she gets the message construct and there's like blood on the wall and there's a bunch of people underground. Like I'm pretty sure that's the exact same scene but we just saw it from the Mad King's perspective. So it sounds like the Mad King kind of interrupted Osriel down when he was recording that message. Okay. Yeah, I would I would have to reread that section, but I do remember it seeming similar to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, tough look for the Mad King to come in and be like, I think I could take him. I think I got it. And then just immediately getting getting crushed. Um, not even like immediately getting crushed but like showing up that's like staking out a house for a really long time like if you're trying to rob somebody and then you you come up with the perfect heist right no no no. it's like a heist right you're planning this heist it's like oceans 15 and you figure out all the details and then you show up and you you get into the vault and as soon as you get in like the chief of police is just standing there with a pair of handcuffs like oh Oh, and just puts them on you and walks you out. Right. Well, the the thing is, though, that he sees that Osriel's down there and, like, thinks that he can take him, right? Mm-hmm. And he teleports in and then just, Osriel just hits a home run with his, with his face. With his scythe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I, it's, it's a, it's a, not great for the Mad King. The question that I have. Mm-hmm is a couple of books ago, we were worried that the Abadan were not the good guys. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling about that? Because I think there's still an argument. Because the Mad King was, like, super good. Like, this cool mm-hmm. this guy that was just doing all the right things. And he makes the ultimate sacrifice. I don't know if the ultimate sacrifice, but a big sacrifice. Takes in this this whatever it's called. Like a fiend. And they're like, and they're like, jail forever for you. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't seem good. Yeah, to me. it doesn't seem good. It also sounds like they have a very high turnover rate in a lot of these positions mm. that they're hiring people to do. And by turnover rate, I mean rate where they have to murder the person that was doing the job because they've turned against them. Right. So. Right. It does seem like everyone, well, not everyone, but 
a lot of the people that are working for them end up thinking that they're the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's probably not great, huh? It's probably not great. Surreal seems very nice, though. They do. I mean, it sounds like, from what we hear, they're, like, saving people's lives, right? Like, it sounds like the stuff the Mad King is up to is not fun for anybody involved. <laughs> so, right. granted, like, the fact that we're even calling him the Mad King means that the Abadan has had some great branding on their side. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't propaganda. imagine... I don't imagine he would call himself the Mad King, but it it feels like they've got to be like from what we see. It seems like they've got to be the good guys because they're saving people's lives from this terrible nightmare that the other forces are bringing to them. But we it's not a good look that everybody wants to quit. Right. I don't know. I think we just got to keep our minds open. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. 100%. 100%. Do you think that just like the Abadan are recruiting from Cradle, do you think the Vrasher are recruiting? Like, you can ascend mm. and join the Abadan. Can you be like, I actually don't like your deal, Abadan. I'd like to join the other team. Yeah. I don't know because... Like, they can't reach Cradle, except for now, apparently. (laughs) So, unless they have, like, a really sneaky recruiter. The angler. In there. The angler could be sneaking in there. um, Just offering some better incentives. I imagine they probably have better incentives. They've got to, right? Yeah. (laughs) They've got to. Um, I don't know what they are yet. Well, but... imagine this too. Imagine this. Abaddon leave. They have to leave Cradle behind. They're like, no, it's gonna, it's gonna be gone to chaos. And then the Mad King shows up and is like, you guys were letting dread gods run around. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. You guys were letting these dread gods run around. No, gone. Poof. No <laughs> dread gods. You're welcome. That would be cool. Be great. Um. Yeah, maybe maybe the Mad King turns into a champion for the little guy. We'd love to see that. I doubt it, because like his presence in a world dis- destroys it or something. But uh, it'd be lovely to see. Be really nice. Be really nice. This is a very small note, Luke. How come Cradle is not iteration 001? Mm-hmm. Because the, totally agree. the Abaddon came from Cradle? So, like, why didn't you start your numbering system with the one that... That would be like... (laughs) That would be like if we referred to, like, Mars as our home planet. Or, like, I don't know. It just feels so backwards to me. Like, you started at 110 for the one that you came from. Very ambitious, I think. it, It does... It does feel weird. Um, I mean, the like iteration map seems like it has a certain structure to it. And it's hard for me to tell how new iterations are made. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if that's like a, if they have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, so maybe that the the iteration map just developed in such a way that cradle happened to be on this like weird one that could be and so you're saying the map is like exists outside of the abadan right yeah 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 that could definitely be it seems very abadan though like i don't imagine the mad king is like talking about iterations and it seems very like government organization y to be having this strict numbering system right so i don't know i don't know. i just feel like it should be number one if you're gonna start there. it does it does feel like it should be especially because it's cradle <laughs> right let's have some consistency guys also also cradle could be a cooler name than cradle yeah 
It doesn't seem very Although, powerful. I don't know. Yeah, that's that was the name name in Seven Eves too. So maybe it's a normal thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I agree with you though. We need some new name. We need a new, na- a new name for Cradle. Maybe that's what Fury will work on. He thinks he's going to go up there and fight some cool stuff. And then they're like, we actually need you to reorganize our map system. It is a mess right now. <laughs> it seems like something you would be good at. I I think that's probably probably true. Um, he, he has a lot of paperwork jobs. He's a, de- he's a desk guy. Yeah, he's for sure a desk guy. Up, up there, which is tough for him, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. It's always the newbie. It is. It is always the newbie. The last thing that I want to say is the we talked about the like increasing exponential curve of power. I also want to talk about the exponential increase in the like pace of this story. Because what I thought was going to happen which does not seem like the case now, was that Lyndon and co were going to develop to the point where they were like competing with the Abadan, or at least like on that power level. Mm -hmm. It's surprising to me, and I'm excited to see what happens next with the fact that we're at like Sage and Overlord and Archlord level, but the Mad King is like coming to Cradle now. (laughs) right yeah yeah that's so true like they just fought a dread god almost all died this is like the most powerful thing they've encountered still way above them and now something that they just can't even comprehend like literally a demon is coming and they're just like they're just like normal people against this thing also also do (laughs) This whole series, I feel like the Abadan were bragging about being able to protect Cradle like way more than was merited. They're like, yeah, no matter what happens, Cradle's not being lost. And at the end of this, they're like, ah, <laughs> damn. <laughs> they got Cradle, huh? Shoot. <laughs> yeah, they talk about it. because I, t- I knew we shouldn't have left Cradle out at the farthest end of our reach. <laughs> They talked about it as a core iteration for so long that at the end of this when Suriel's like, yeah, it's now surrounded by chaos and like it's only a matter of time before they take it. I'm like, what? That is not what you said earlier, Suriel. <laughs> very, very misleading. You said it was cool. You said you'd be able to hold Cradle basically no matter what. Yeah, we don't, don't know. we don't love it, especially for know. how important they say it is. Like they were constantly recruiting from Cradle. Right. Ah, it's bad. Things are not looking good. Things are not looking good. The power level between our, our main crew and the Mad King seems to be high. Or the power differential between our, our main crew and the Mad King seems to be high. I'm excited for our, our crew to defeat the Mad King by the power of their rhetoric. And friendship. Um, and friendship. <laughs> so that's what I that's what I see mm. coming up soon. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens too. I I'm curious to see how the mix of these two worlds happens because for the most part they've been entirely separate, except for the little mm-hmm. marble that Lyndon and Ethan have. And so I'm excited to see because there feels like there's so much unresolved on Cradle still with like the labyrinth right. and the dread gods and all this stuff. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that combines with this bigger yeah. Abadan story. It, it feels soon. It feels extremely it feels soon. soon. Uh, so I don't know, maybe in three books time, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's right. Uh, good book. Loved this one. Next week, we're going back to the Broken Oath Trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, reading the second book in the series called The Obelisk Gate. Uh, check out the first one that we have done. Um, should be good. Should be good. It's been a while, so definitely, definitely catch up on what happened in the first one. Um, but I'm excited. 
Yeah, Luke, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. I've been excited to get back to some NK Jemison for a while. So this is going to be this is going to be great. I've heard good things about the Obelisk Gate. So, yeah, catch us next week for the first third of the Obelisk Gate. And Luke, I got to say, I, I I always appreciate it when when Will can can give us a new tome for us to uh, postulate a few more hot takes and really contemplate like some dumb nerds.